Geek Top 5, Season 5. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> this is so exciting. Geek Top 5. I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And I just want to launch into a series of woohoos and yahs the whole thing. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out on the microphone, but we are doing a Mario episode. So those of you who aren't into video games, this is your time to go uh, check out the latest episode of NPR. <laughs> but who doesn't know Mario? Who doesn't, isn't even at least aware of Mario? I can't believe it's taken us 120-something episodes to get to a Mario episode. Literally not even a stretch. This is a pure fact. He is a more recognized character than Mickey Mouse. He is Super Mario. He is Mr. Nintendo. Frankly, he's Mr. Video Game. <laughs> About time that we hit that on this show. But it's too big a topic to do alone, so we have brought in an expert. Yes, we have billionaire app developer and creator of the Picky app for the ios we have charles joseph with us in the studio uh thank you thank you but um it, it was not actually billions of dollars it's billions of mario coins so oh, uh, well. there's some conversion you yeah. know once that super mario world opens in japan that'll be just as good as dollars oh that's true yeah there will really be a legitimate currency conversion they would there. <laughs> <laughs> just saying you know they get that app ahead of the game Thank yeah, you so, for coming on the show. Yeah, it's it's funny that you uh, you say expert, but I definitely do not consider myself a Mario expert. Uh, fanatic, maybe. Um, mm. You know, you mentioned Mickey Mouse, and like I, I just think there's something about Mario. It's like a a purity, a like gleeful joy that just it's like it's like what uh, what Mickey Mouse has. It's just this like iconic, happy, cartoony face. So. I don't know. There's something about Mario and the Mario games that just like makes me happy. Uh, you and millions of other people. It's, we've we've talked a little about that on the show before. Like Nintendo, their first party world. You know the Mario characters and where and where they live. That's the Disney of video games. It is a safe space with familiar characters where all kinds of crazy stuff can happen, and you are guaranteed to have a good time. I don't think any other of the the video game rosters has has quite made the impact that mario has like sonic is is you know competitive yeah yeah it's true like he had that big movie and he's got a following in in cartoons and in uh in comic books maybe more so than than mario does these days but as far as pure video game content goes it's not even close yeah agreed and i mean crash bandicoot but eh. oh that had a short (laughs) half-life Crash Bandicoot was like really big for what, like two years, it feels like. And then I don't know, it just disappeared. Yeah, something about the the classic era, like the late 80s, early 90s video game mascots. Those are the ones that who have stood the test of time. Like, I get it. Master Chief stands for the Xbox. But I mean, Halo is Halo's fun. But it's not up there with the same level of the cultural zeitgeist. A lot of people could look at that and just see a, you know, a space dude with a gun. Whereas that red cap with the red M, that's identifiable everywhere. So that that franchise, it started in, in I believe, 1985, right? I mean, he appeared in Donkey Kong before that, but the Mario, the pure Mario game started in 85, which is when we were all born. What is your 
like between the two of you, what what's your earliest memories of Mario? I like that you say we were all born like <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> all of our listeners, yes, we only <laughs> we we only allow people born in 1985 to listen to the podcast. It's one of the secrets. But yeah, Charles, what uh, what what's your earliest Mario memory? Oh, earliest Mario memory. I, I feel like it's it's got to be like I think I was in kindergarten, so this probably would have been like 1990. Uh and, you know, playing uh, the first Super Mario Brothers on the NES at my friend's house. And uh, I, I did not have an NES, sadly. So, uh, you know, it was all played at various friends' houses. Um, I think for some reason they had it at the bowling alley in our neighborhood. I might be misremembering. It might have actually been the, like, uh, precursor Mario game where it's, like, head-to-head. Uh, one side of the screen takes you back to the other side of the screen thing. Hmm. But... Uh, no, definitely the the very first game is kind of like seared into my brain from playing it over and over as a kid. And especially as a kid who didn't own a copy or an NES, uh, it meant that I was mostly playing the first couple worlds over and over again. So right. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it was really, uh, I don't know, kind of like repeatedly just burned in through repetition and it's you know like i can see that level right now in my mind (laughs) and that music man the music in the the first few games is so iconic and so earwormy i mean i think everything about the mario games is iconic the the character art the the items the enemies the music uh the bricks like it's it's just immediately evokes a feeling yeah a yellow block with a question mark on it right like that's that only means one thing. And that one thing is one of many items. <laughs> well, but you wouldn't think, think to yourself, you know, where does that come from? You know, like everybody recognizes yes. that immediately. I've, I've got a, well, not life-size, but I've got one in my closet because somebody got me a <laughs> Super Mario-themed Yahtzee set at some point, <laughs> And they're stored in a yellow you know, block with a white question mark on it. Like, frankly, the block is the coolest part because it looks like I have this neat Mario prop. Okay, so Jess, what's your earliest Mario memory? Very similar. Uh, 1989, 1990, um, a disastrous family vacation, and like the cool older cousin had a Nintendo to keep him busy. Um, I don't remember all the details, mostly because I was a child, and this, I only know this story because it was related to me later. But you know, my parents, like on the edge of desperation, trapped with a whole bunch of family with nothing to do in a small space, got me my own Nintendo. And uh, like a lot of other kids our age, I started with the Super Mario Brothers wow. and Duck Hunt hybrid cartridge. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, I did not have the motor control yet, but like I, I stuck with it, played the first level a hundred times until I could beat it, moved on to the second, slowly over the course of years, <laughs> eventually beat that game and getting other games in the meantime, too, of course. Um, I now, I think last time I checked, the world record for beating the classic Super Mario Brothers is less than five minutes. It's four minutes and change. So that gives you the, the range of skills. It took me about probably five or six years to beat that game. <laughs> but yeah, that's like M- Mario is video games to me and it always will be. Okay, so we are going to start the list now. It's a Jesse and Charles dueling list, and as usual with our dueling lists, we're going to start with five and work our way up to one. If someone has uh, an entry that matches someone else's and that the 
other person's is higher on the list, then we wait till we get to the higher entry to discuss it. And we're going to be very specific here. We are talking about the core Mario games. Mario is a plumber first and foremost, but he has had many side careers from basketball to doctor to partier. He he really is a versatile man. But in this case, we're focusing on going down pipes, jumping on Goombas, knocking over turtles, so then riding dinosaurs. So those are our are, are focuses for this list, the core Mario games. And uh, we did a coin toss backstage, and uh, Charles will be starting with his number five. Ooh, all right. So pressure. Uh, you know, I was telling uh, Jesse and Graham before we started recording that I, I, I felt great about my list. I was ready. I, I felt like I could justify each and every choice and that they were clear. And then I realized I only had four. So <laughs> this fifth, uh, my, my number five has kind of been jumping around between three options uh, all day. So I'm going to go go with my gut and choose the somewhat offbeat Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube, oh. uh, which I think was not widely loved. Uh, I would say it's it's underrated and uh, kind of got a bad rap, but it, it kind of holds a, a, a special place in my list. Um, as, yeah, it, you know, it was kind of refreshing, uh, you know, with the tropical environment and the the fruit that Yoshi could eat and the, the water pack. <laughs> but uh, I think... To me, you know, we're talking about Mario just being this iconic figure from our childhoods. And for me, Mario Sunshine, it was the first Mario console game that I owned uh, when I was, uh, you know, old enough to uh, buy my own video game console without uh, having my parents uh, justify it or approve it. So, uh, you know, I had, a, I got a GameCube uh, and Sunshine was one of the first games I got. I remember eagerly uh, waiting for that Best Buy pre-order to show up uh, back when deliveries took a long time. <laughs> and so it, it really like it, it felt like a bit of not a huge leap forward from Mario 64, but definitely a step forward. Uh, the graphics, the art style, the, the little uh, Isle Delfino uh, market area just felt kind of more interactive and alive and busy than any of the environments in Mario 64. And uh, I, I just really enjoyed it. It's, it's one of the Mario games I played through all the way um, the first time. And uh, the soundtrack was great. It had all those little kind of side levels where you lost your water pack and had to uh, fend for yourself knowing that you could plummet to your doom, uh, which gave me sweaty palms every time. <laughs> So <laughs> it kind of it, it so yeah. I, just for I I never ended up playing uh, Sunshine to, with any um, regularity. So what is it about the water pack? Like the uh, most Mario games come with their own unique gimmicks, and the water pack was the gimmick for Sunshine. So what what do you do with it? What's the what's the gameplay value of it? Well, if you saw the truly bizarre uh, ad campaign they had for it on TV at the time with like a live action. A uh, person in a Mario mascot suit cleaning up garbage in a park. <laughs> I think the tagline was "Clean is better than dirty" or something like that. It wasn't marketed well. <laughs> it was all of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that was part of the problem. But uh, there's this imposter Mario that's uh, wreaking havoc in the island that uh, Mario and the gang have gone to vacation at, 
and he's putting graffiti all over the place and these oil spill things. And so you are basically saddled with this water pack and told to clean it all up. And you can use it um, to squirt water. You can use it as like a hovering jet pack. You can do these like rocket blasts to like shoot up super high. Um, it kind of added this just extra dynamic to the, the 3D Mario gameplay of the previous game. Okay. And, you know, at the time too, like those water physics of like just seeing the water splash around and that you could erase things from the walls and stuff, it felt very, uh, like one of those little things you just want to mess around with and play with uh, because it was so new. And the Mario games also have a tendency to like something gets introduced and, and it connects with people and it carries on through the games like the Tanuki suit from three or Yoshi from super Mario world. The, the water pack to the best of my knowledge generally carried through. <laughs> Not and no, neither did the, the people The what are the people in the game called? The like Delfinos or something. The island is Delfino. Uh, Are they called Delfinos? They were in a Mario Kart level. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> token <laughs> reference. Um, no, I guess it was kind of a bit of a, a side quest. Or, or Yeah, they definitely didn't carry a lot of it through. Um, I believe the inventor character who designed the water pack is also the uh, provider of the gadgets in the Luigi's Mansion oh, series. Professor E. Gad. Uh, which is not <laughs> core. Yeah. Yes. Professor Egad, uh, not one of the core Mario games. And uh, in retrospect, spending four hours last week playing Luigi's Mansion 3 was probably not the best way to prepare <laughs> for this, but uh, got to represent uh, my number one. <laughs> the better brother. So, <laughs> the better brother. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Sunshine, I feel like uh, people complained about the camera system at the time that it got in the way and was clunky, which, uh, you know, playing through some of it recently, Mm, it definitely has improved in the subsequent games, but uh, you know, I thought it was definitely a solid sequel to Mario 64, even if it wasn't the uh, Mario 128. I remember uh, people going uh, uh, bananas over in the rumor, uh, the rumor sites back then. Jess, do you have any thoughts on uh, Mario Sunshine and and why uh, it didn't make your list? Yeah, Sunshine... Yeah, I guess your silence is saying it did not make your list. <laughs> I'm, I'm considering, uh, because I think I have a couple titles on here that are sort of on the same track that you have, like where it's taking the, like the, the at that time, still relatively new open 3D world and improving upon it. But yeah, Sunshine didn't make my list at, just because it didn't seem to stick. I don't know if it was because it didn't quite make the launch of the console, and there are other things to play already, but it always sort of seemed to be playing second fiddle. I was definitely playing other Mario games when that came out, and it's like, I don't think I've ever owned it or ever played it to completion. Like, I picked it up and messed around with the pack and stuff, and even the water pack just, it felt... Like, they, there have been cooler ways to give Mario new and unique abilities. Like, somehow the water pack just didn't do it for me. And it's still sort of a bad taste in my mouth. Like, even like even in Smash Brothers, he still has it as one of his special moves. And it's just kind of like, uh, like oh, I would yeah. rather play as, you know, as one of the other Mario clones just so I don't have to use that. And I hmm. can't give you a better reason than that. It sounds a little neurotic. I just, something about it rubbed me the wrong way. Sunshine just does not make my list. Was the GameCube the first Nintendo system that didn't come with a Mario game, like, with the, the console? 
Well, it launched with a with first Luigi's Mansion, didn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Or at least what I remember is I pre-ordered Mario Sunshine from Best Buy, and they threw in Luigi's Mansion as like a "here you go while you're waiting" thing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it being unusual, but, but I don't think it was like a big deal breaker or anything. I guess it would have been the first because they had Mario Brothers on the NES, Super Mario World on the SNES, Mario 64 on the N64, and then, yeah. And the, all those, like, when those systems launched, those games came packaged with it, and that's, that's... I remember the first time a console launched and it didn't come with a game, I remember being, like, aghast about it. Like, how is this allowed? How is this legal? <laughs> how times have changed. <laughs> Did they all come yeah. with it? It's hard to remember, but... uh yeah, I mean, look, I will readily admit, objectively speaking, I do not think Mario Sunshine is in the top five best Mario games. But my personal list, it, it just it it resonates with me from that time in my life and playing through it and uh, the funky new uh, edition. Sympathy so, vote. That's fair. Uh, that's that's <laughs> got a good <laughs> chance to get back in the sunshine. Uh, right. So, Jess, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is rewinding. Well, actually, not that far, but uh, my number five is Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island on Super Nintendo. Uh, Charles, did that make your Ooh, list? Controversy, controversy. Is it a core <laughs> game? Uh, <laughs> it did not make my list, but I I was debating whether to consider it. And I thought, you know what, that's a core game. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so too. It's the direct sequel to Super Mario World, the the Mario platformer that launched Mario into the 16 bit era on the Super Nintendo. Possibly um, the uh, Mario game with the most annoying sound effect, but we will get to that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, Mario. This is a weird one to start the list with. I thought because it's really an atypical Mario game. It uh, it's not a a perfect example of what Mario can be, but that's also why it's at the bottom of my list. So, 1995. It's later into the Super Nintendo's, like sort of when it's prime, I guess, when it came out, and they're doing a whole bunch of new stuff in this one. It's I guess in the very vague sense that Mario games have a timeline, this is a prequel because the star of the well, star of the game, but a core mechanic of the game is Mario as a baby. And apparently when Mario was still a baby, like being delivered by the stork kind of baby uh, through hilarious misadventures, he ended up on Yoshi's Island, an island of Yoshi's, the little animated dinosaur characters uh, that originally debuted in Super Mario World. And the Yoshis have to get baby Mario back to, I don't even remember where they were going, like back to the stork, I guess, to be delivered to his parents. Back to Brooklyn. Yeah, maybe. I don't know <laughs> if they still stick with that in the, uh, whatever the new Mario canon is. In any case, what we had was a side-scrolling platformer where really you were playing as Yoshi more than you were playing as Mario. Um, So similar mechanics, you know, run from the left side of the screen to the right, jump on enemies. But you also got those Yoshi mechanics from Mario World where he has the tongue to eat guys. Uh, But they added in a couple of new things to make it interesting, which is what every good sequel should do. Um, You had the, like, for starters, Yoshi generally just didn't die. Uh, you can still fall in holes, you can still hit spikes, but if an en- like in a Mario game, when an enemy hits you, you lose your power up, you get hit again, you're done. In this one, your Yoshi's carrying baby Mario on his back. And for better or for worse, the mechanic they went with in this is that when you got hit, 
you would lose baby Mario and baby Mario would for reasons not quite explained, at least to my satisfaction would end up in this floating bubble and start floating around the screen. And you'd have a countdown of 10 seconds to pop that bubble and get him back. What you were referring to earlier, Graham is the entire time the baby is screaming. (sighs) We don't, we don't need to emulate it, but it's really annoying. (laughs) It's the same sound over and over again for 10 full seconds the wailing of a baby (laughs) (laughs) it was rough um weird choice but otherwise i thought like this was kind of a cool way to do the mario world but from a different perspective uh literally in this case because they were starting to play around with the super fx chip in the cartridges at that point so they were working with like fake like sort of pseudo 3d things would come out of the background and into it they called them parallax effects right that name sticks yeah yeah i think so it's really cool they reused that terminology later when they were doing the the ds's but dsi dsus Oh, no, we've lost them. Anyway, yeah, yeah, those effects. So they had, like, so they had really cool graphics, and and that worked out in the bosses, kind of, because the boss would be in the background, but he would, like, reach out to you, or I think, like, the first boss, they did it, they used it to do a size thing. They had him inflate, like, a balloon. Like, so there was really cool graphics in the game. There was new and interesting ways to play. And they'd been making platformers for 10 years at this point, and they had really ironed out a lot of the bugs so that it was smooth and safe to play. That being said, I do think we can agree it is a core game, but it doesn't, it feels enough like Mario, but like I can see why someone would make the case to say it's not really, it's more a Yoshi game than a Mario game, which is why it sort of sits at the bottom of my list. It's a really good game, but there are better ones, and it's definitely not Mario targeted. And it's, it was, I mean, I, I don't have the timeline in front of me, but it feels like it would have been the last of the core ones that was a platformer for a while, like before it went 3D, like the next Mario game to come out was Mario 64, unless there's Game Boy or handheld ones that I'm not remembering. It it gets pretty murky. There are a right. lot of Mario titles and only half of them were even released over here. Like, like there are some weird ones <laughs> over <laughs> offshore. I mean, so I, I, on the topic of of the side games, like you know, if you want to get super technical, I I, I didn't want to pick it, but I, I feel like I could have gotten away with picking Wario Land, which is technically Super Mario Land three, oh, yeah. uh, and the first the first game where you play as Wario, and it was actually really interesting and innovative for its time. But, what I mean, platform was it on? Tangent. It was Game Boy. Uh, that was on the Game Boy. Oh, okay, yeah. I Game Boy stuff. I am so not in touch with. Yeah, for a while, Super Mario Land was how they distinguished their Game Boy titles, mm-hmm. uh, especially since the first one was basically developed by like an entirely different group of people. Uh, weird game. And some, you know, that's probably a good time to say, I know this is getting a bit off the rails, but uh, so Super Mario Land 2, Wario, oh, so no, it didn't have the Wario Land title. Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, I think it was called. Yes. That was my... That- other contender for number five on my oh. list. I had considered that one as well. Yeah, that's a good game, and I'd call that a core title for sure. And the first experience he? of Wario, which was a blast. Yes, and he was huge. Like I just remember, like when you fought him in that game, he was like five times the size of Mario. He he seemed imposing. Well, and, yeah, uh, it's, that's that's video game syndrome, right? The final boss <laughs> you know, when you fight him takes up the whole screen. When he joins your party, all of a sudden loses all his powers. That's just that's just gaming one hundred and one. 
you're, uh, you're making and I remember it had it. a bunny suit. It had like rabbit ears that you could get, and then you could like hop around. Like they did some weird stuff with the Game Boy Mario games. Neither here nor there, unfortunately. Um, didn't make yes. it. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you've got a higher up. It doesn't sound like it. Um, but yeah, uh, Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island is my number five. And you know what? I think that's a totally solid pick. Uh, the main reason I did not include it is just I didn't play enough of it. I, I don't think I made it uh, all the way through. And it's the running theme through my list is, is my Mario knowledge is really based around the Game Boy games in the earlier years, and then a lot of the uh, remastered, re-released versions later on, which I don't know if you want to delve into that subject yet or park it for later, but I think that that kind of really um, uh, informed my uh, relationship with the core Mario games. I hear you. Well, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling then. I mean, in that vein, so what do you got for your number four? Sure. Well, number four... Uh, similarly titled super mario world uh for the snes i believe it was the launch title pack and title it was Uh, do you have it higher on your list jess i don't it didn't make my list what (gasps) what shocking this is outrageous i'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) look this was a best-selling super nintendo game of all time for sure is that because it came with most of the super nintendos probably is it a great mario game Absolutely, but I don't know if it's in the top five. But please, Charles, make your case. I, I mean, all right, I will make my case. So, uh, things about Mario World is uh, well, one thing I think in general about the Super Nintendo platformer games is they just hold up super well. Like, I feel like that was, I know we've we've come a long way since then, and graphics have improved. But for what they were doing with two D side scrolling games, it kind of was like the pinnacle and the art still really holds up. You look back at some of the 3D games and they look a bit, uh, you know, crusty around the edges and, and and off and not how you remember them. But the 2D ones, they just look great, especially those Super Nintendo games. And Super Mario World, like it, to me, like the, the whole overworld with the map was really well done. The music, I mean, all the Mario games have fantastic music, but mm-hmm. the music from Mario World just really sticks in my head. Uh, the items were great. The cape, uh, I think it, if it wasn't the first appearance of Yoshi, it was certainly like the first major role. Oh, for that Yoshi. was, that was first Yoshi with super Mario world. He, he got cover art space. And, uh, and you know, that was a game where, again, when it came out, I mostly played it, uh, at various friends houses, my cousin's house, places like that. But, uh, you know, I think they had a, a port of it on the game boy advance that I played a lot of as well later on. And, it just holds up really well and I think is one of the definitive uh, 2D Mario games in my mind. That's hard to argue with. Um, before I counter, I mean, Graham, I, I'm under the impression that Super Mario World is basically your alma mater. Did you want to? <laughs> I love it. If I were making a list and it would be a very incomplete list, it would it be in a tough fight for the top spot. It would be one or two easily. It was the first Mario game I owned. I I had played Mario games elsewhere like you guys did, uh, but then we actually got a Super Nintendo for Christmas one year, and I played that game to death. I I loved it, and and like I would play with my dad and my little brother, and then uh, when the Super Nintendo Classic came out, that system that has 20, what is it, 21 games on it, 22 games on it, 
that came out a few years ago, the smaller one. It I, I started it up again and it was like muscle memory. I was able to blast through, especially those early levels, like like I was 12 again. It was amazing. I adore that game from getting the capes where you can fly around as Mario to Yoshi and, and the various powers he gets depending on what he eats. It is such a good game. And so like every level is different and memorable. I, I don't think I appreciated at the time how hard it must have been to create that game. And it is a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. So what I'm hearing is I have the better list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, nothing you guys have said is wrong. That game, it was the, was the king of its time. Um, I feel like directly contrary to Charles, I feel like it hasn't aged as well. I feel like when I play Super Mario World, I really feel like how, like they added Yoshi and that was cool. You could ride around on a dinosaur and eat things with his tongue. But otherwise, a lot of it just kind of felt like a souped up Mario game I'd already played. And that's great. I like Mario games. If they just want to give me a Mario game and like give it 16 bit graphics, I'm sold. But I don't, there's nothing about Super Mario World, like there's no mechanic to it or like particular piece of level design that I think back to it and make me think, oh, that's super cool. I may be misremembering, but I'm. Didn't it introduce like sliding down the hills, uh, flipping those gates around and crawling on, on the back of them with the, the parallax the, effect? The sliding stuff came in Mario 3. Okay. Um, the, well, I mean, we're, we're, let's, let's not do a feature creep. But just, <laughs> I, I think what this one, like what Mario World, maybe besides Yoshi, another thing worth mentioning, what Mario did that a lot of the previous games had barely touched on was the alternate paths, like the alternate ways out of levels. You'll you know, finish the ghost house and yeah. find the secret door, and it would go somewhere else. And that was neat. Uh, I think the biggest secret was that you played through the whole game and like cleared everything. You could get to the secret world. And if you beat that, for some reason, all the Koopas would start wearing Mario mask faces. Yeah, I always when I saw that as a kid, I didn't understand it was supposed to be Mario mask. So I thought they all were like pumpkin heads. It was uh, it's a weird it's a weird feature of the game, but I'm going to, I'm going to put my arm in front of Charles and take this fight for a moment because I got to say this game holds up so much better than, than Mario super Mario world two. Like that game. I I've tried playing it on that super Nintendo classic and I, I just something about it. I find very off putting and, and, the original I mean, Super Mario World is not a, a mystery. Blanket. The thing you find off-putting is the constantly <laughs> screaming baby. It was a poor choice, for sure. <laughs> I have a, I have a reverse take on Yoshi's Island, which is I find the game very welcoming, and it like pulls you in with that. Just the art style was so nice, and like that kind of like, you know, not paper craft like they've done in the later games, but like the crayony. Yeah, it's a pastel really, like, rich shaded. Yeah. Who side are you on, Charles? I'm trying to defend your list here, and you're going back to helping his. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it pulls me in, but it doesn't keep my attention. It's just not a compelling game. The gameplay is not nearly as interesting as Mario World. All right. I mean, we're going to have to agree to disagree. I, uh, I, I think Mario World is great, uh, but I think like it's just... It, I guess I don't have as strong a nostalgia to hold it up, and other things have done it better. Uh, and maybe that's the perfect point to segue into my number four, because my number four is Super Mario Brothers 3, which 
I remember because it does just about everything Super Mario World does, but it did it first. Charles, is it on your list? It is not. What? Man. What and is happening? I think maybe and maybe this is like a there's two kinds of people in this world, Mario <laughs> 3 people and Mario World people because I think they do kind of do a similar thing, but I just think Mario World did it better. I am going to blow the doors off of that theory because the other game for me that would be fighting for number 1 would be Mario 3. <laughs> it's too bad you decided to referee this one instead of bringing your own list. Uh-huh. I'm doing a really bad job refereeing because I'm trying to like stab each of you alternatingly. I can't believe both of these are so low. Ugh. Mario Bros. Okay, 3. Tell us, tell us what you like. 1989 in the Western market is the best of the pure classic two-dimensional Mario adventure. Um, the They took the formula we already had with run from left to right, jump over the obstacles, and they added a ton of new stuff that didn't replace the original gameplay, like the water pack from Sunshine or Yoshi from Yoshi's Island. It just enhanced it. They added that overworld map so that all the levels, like each one had a distinct theme and you could sort of see where you were in the world and that affected what kind of level you were in. They added the... not. Not they added items, not in terms like there was always a mushroom, there was always a fire flower, but they added like an item bar where you could collect fire flowers or mushrooms. And before going into a level, you could say, "Okay, I need a little extra help. I'm going to use something from my storage." They started the secret passage thing with items like the warp flute that could carry you from world to world, so that like some people would get to the end of the game without even seeing all the cool maps. There was all these cool features, which was great. But they all built around the core Mario gameplay, the core two-dimensional platforming, (laughs) which by this point they had perfected. Mario 3, I think, is the first Mario game where the controls are really tight or the timing is just exactly right. Like, that is pure distilled Mario to me in its pure form. And I don't think it's just nostalgia. I think that game is just as playable today as it was X number of years ago. Whether you're playing the classic, classic 8-bit version or the up one for Mario All-Stars on Super, like if, like if you need to demonstrate to someone how Mario started, that's where I would go. <laughs> All and right, and to be fair, it's number four on my list. Like I think there are at least three Mario games better than it, but... That's what I'm putting. That's what I'm putting out here. Interesting, interesting. It's it's interesting that you use the phrase "show them where Mario started" because I definitely would not think, "Oh, that's where Mario started." Maybe where it reached kind of like its first kind of pinnacle, but uh, you know, I do think it was overshadowed a couple of years later. But uh, should we move on? And move on to the next one. No, I, no. I, oh, we, we okay. can, what? What? We are not <laughs> skipping away from this that easy. Okay. <laughs> I just had such a good segue to my next choice, but that that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm sorry. We <laughs> I'll <laughs> we can we can edit and bring it in again. <laughs> I so we we have to talk about it more. I love this game. I love the different suits in it. It's I I it's one of those games that I, I played and enjoyed whenever I saw a friend that had an NES and, and that ended up getting played more than either of the other two Mario games that were on the, the original NES, but Mario all-stars came out on the super Nintendo and that had four of the original Mario games. And I, and it uh, bumped up the graphics and things like that. And I love that version of the game. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it, 
holds up so well. I think if you go back to the original NES Mario 3, you might find the graphics don't hold up as well. But this, the up-resed one for the Super Nintendo is is beautiful and, and uh, just so much fun. So much fun in that game. But are we counting? Is this where we start talking about the remakes? Because what are we judging them on? Are we judging them on the originals or the remakes? That is a good question. Uh, I would say in the case of all stars, it's, it's mostly a cosmetic upgrade. So I'd say it's, it's a fair, uh, thing to, to count. It just because the gameplay is identical. I guess yeah. It's not like, a... and I think I can see you know... that, but I mean, this argument is going to keep going through the rest of our oh, lists yeah. for sure. Oh, man, the discussion and maybe is we can... woven. And, and, and maybe towards the end, we can really get into like what they're doing with the remakes and how we feel about that. But uh, I think maybe for me, one of the reasons Mario 3 never clicked with me as much is just the timing. Um, you know, I think I think in maybe in my childhood, I just had more time to sit with some of the other Mario games. And I never played 3 as much because of uh, when the Super Nintendo was released. And, you know, even when the various remakes came out and, and how much time I put into the remakes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit the Tanuki suit is fantastic <laughs> and uh, you great. know I, I we did get our our two-year-old a plush uh, mario tanuki toy which he loves so uh, you, you can't beat that and uh your son's name is mario obviously named after the the character mario luigi joseph yes ah yes right. of course yeah, <laughs> uh well anyway speaking of segues charles you wanted one <laughs> wow yeah well i guess i should just say in case anyone's calling like child services uh he is not named Mario. <laughs> His name is Wyatt, but he, uh, I mean, is this a good time for a tangent? Because I don't know what it is, but, you know, he's two years old. Uh, up until a couple weeks ago, he had never seen a Mario video game or a video clip of Mario or anything. He had just seen, like, the characters in toy form and just absolutely loves them. Like Mario, Luigi, the Goomba, like, he just loves it all. That so doesn't surprise me in the least. They have had a lot of time to polish those character designs, and they like that. This is for kids' material. Like we're cranky adults, but we we've got this in our heart because we started with it when we were that age. That's that is the target audience. Do not be just There's something so pure and joyful about it, and uh, it's just uh, I'm loving the Mario stuff being a part of his childhood. Uh, you know, even if it's just him car- carrying around a plush Mario toy. And, and calling it how, uh, which uh, was what he was calling it originally. Now it's evolved to Morrow, so it's getting pretty close. Um, okay, <laughs> but I, uh, we all know that yeah. two-year-olds love uh, mustachioed men in overalls. It's just a fact. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so we're on my segue, Jesse. You were saying that this is where you would show people how Mario began, but to me, my my number three pick is not literally how Mario began, but pretty much, uh, but Super Mario Brothers, the first one on the Nintendo Entertainment System, 1985. That is my choice for number three. That is literally, yeah, where Mario began. Like, yeah, the character appeared in Donkey Kong, but that was the Mario game. For you sure. know what? I double checked on Wikipedia. The Mario I was thinking of playing at the arcade in the local bowling alley was Mario Brothers, which apparently came out in 1983. And it was just like a head-to-head. The uh, POW game. Oh, the yeah. POW game. That's in three, isn't it? As a mini um, game. But like, but it, it is an individual thing. I had it for DOS when I was growing up. 
Hmm. Why weird? That would look really weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is weird. I mean, no, it had sixteen cut. Anyway, doesn't matter. Segway. <laughs> I just the like how super- Charles and I were both like, "That's weird," and you're weird for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, the classic Super Mario Brothers, not on my list. I thought about it. I put Mario Brothers 3 on there instead because I thought of the, like, it was more of an, like I said, more of an example of what Mario really when he came to form. But, I mean, I respect the choice to put the classic on there. Tell us about Super Mario Brothers, Charles. Thank you. So, you know, like I said, uh, this is this is my first Mario memory. and And really, like, those first few worlds, they're just... I know them so well, having played through them so many times. And there's just, there's something to the simplicity and straightforwardness of that first Mario game. Uh, It's not as complex as some of the later ones. And playing through it, it almost feels like, uh, I don't know, like doing some sort of form of simple exercise uh, where it's just the muscle memory, the exact places you need to jump, the, the not repetitiveness, but uh, there isn't really anything unexpected when you play through it. It's, it's pretty much exactly as you remember. And so you can really like kind of, uh, you know, learn it and, and, and just improve and get better. And uh, this is probably uh, also telling the listeners how I did not have a very active childhood and did not excel <laughs> in gym class, but uh, you know, it's uh, there's something to it. And, the, you know, they did a remake. Uh, they did the remake in Mario All-Stars. They did the port on Game Boy Color, uh, which I think was called Mario Brothers DX or Deluxe. Um, that was a lot of fun to just have a portable version that played pretty much exactly the same as the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, last, was it last year? They For the 35th anniversary, they had uh, Super Mario Brothers 35 on the Nintendo Switch, which just took those original levels and let you play head-to-head against 34 other people and like send items to their screens and i played a bit of that it was pretty bonkers but there's just something to that original game like even just using that as a jumping off point it just worked really well and for me it just it really stands the test of time as just a simple pure mario experience that's it's fair i can't argue with that um i i I do feel like if it wasn't for the nostalgia, it would be feeling its age. Uh, but you can't hold that against it. It's not its fault. It was revolutionary at the time. It it doesn't hold up for me. Like I I will like if so. I was sitting down and it was there. I might pick it up and play the first level and go, yeah, okay. But if there were a bunch of carts there, I would play Super Mario Brothers three. I mean, if I had to choose between the two, it would always be three. Oh, that's fair. And but to me, like. I'm trying to also look at these through the context of their time and where, how they innovated. And and to me, that's why it's my number three. And uh, you know, I think Mario world improved on it, but I think uh, you know, this is the one that, that to me is more of a favorite. That's totally fair. I can't get upset about that. That it's just, it's, it's such a piece of history. Like like the Odyssey sequences where they do that. And like, it's, ah, like it's, that will always hold a place just historically. It's important. I, I can't believe how far we've gotten in this list and how there hasn't been any overlap yet. There are a lot of good Mario games, man. It's, yeah. uh, Nintendo knows what they're doing. Yeah, there's such a varied, strong list of contenders that I think you could have, uh, similar to your Pixar episode, I think you could have 10 different people put together 10 different lists and you would have lots of differences. And, you know, you'd, I'm sure you'd have some debate, but, uh, you know, there I don't think there would be any, like... Uh, 
uh, insults or dramatic fights over them. That's true. And I think if we had someone who was, say, 10 years younger than us as one of the panelists here, it would be a very different list, too. I think the age you are when you play these games changes things in a way that maybe it doesn't as much with movies. Maybe. And let's see. Let's see how that plays out over the rest of the list. I'm really, really curious to see uh, Jesse's next pick. All right. So we're on to number three for you, right, Jess? Yeah, my number three. So this is going to ignite a couple debates at once. (laughs) So my number three is Super Mario 64 DS. Okay, now I just have to ask first off, Charles, do you have any Super Mario 64 in your list? I do. (gasps) Oh, Uh, now the debate becomes do we... Do we do them both at the same time, or do we count the DS I version? I think we do. I think we okay. do. So I think we come back and rediscover and sort of <laughs> butt heads over Super Mario 64 once it shows up on Charles's list. Well, what is your number two then, Charles? All right. My number two is Super Mario 64. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're right here. <laughs> it's perfect time. Stop the clock. Uh, so All right. So how do you want to do say, this? My thoughts on the DS thing are... I wouldn't consider any of the remakes to be core games, but... All right, hold, hold on. I think we should talk about the the real game first, and then we'll talk about the variations. Or not the real game, oh, sorry. Real That's game. not cool. The, the, uh, the <laughs> original <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, man, I'm bad at this. Charles, why don't you tell us about Mario 64, and then Jesse can tell us how the DS is different, and then you can tell us why that's wrong. <laughs> sure. So... Uh, okay, Mario 64, like, absolutely groundbreaking game from Nintendo, uh, launched with the N64, which I think was a really revolutionary console at the time, and it was it was at the height of my subscribing to Nintendo Power and eating up all the Nintendo news phase, so it was very exciting, and, you know, the 3D graphics, the, the controller that didn't look like any other controller and had a stick on it. Uh, with the analog, the rumble pack that came, I think, a couple games later with Star Fox. Uh, it just did a lot that was new. And the funny thing is, I think at the time, at least in my circles, it was the favorite system and it was appreciated. But I think in hindsight, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, PlayStation was great. And I'm like, come on. like <laughs> N64, N64 pioneered way more. Uh, but, you know, not to ignite a, a war over that, but uh, Mario 64... It, it really like I felt ushered in that 3D era that exploring oh not open worlds but bigger worlds in three dimensions uh, analog controls. I believe it was the first game that really had the Mario voice acting with all the you know iconic wahoos and other other sounds that you yeah, opened the, this the podcast debut with. of Charles Martinet. Yes, and really it I think it really you know, fleshed out and uh, added another dimension, both literally with the graphics, but also with the voices and the personality that's shown through from the characters. Even, you know, Peach, uh, I think in in North America, she hadn't even been called Peach up until that point. But, you know, they started to give her a bit of a personality, albeit just one that bakes Mario cakes. But, uh, you know, I, I, it, the world felt more lived in. The Toads felt like they were doing more. It just... It was such an amazing game, and it, in my mind, really holds up. The music, again, the music, absolutely iconic. That castle theme just sticks in your brain. Uh, the jumping into the paintings was cool. Uh, and then the the other thing it really did 
differently, at least for me, was it, it had this sense of like hidden potential and promise and discovery. I just remember spending literally hours and hours of my life with my friends trying to get on top of the castle because <laughs> we knew there must be something <laughs> up there. There must be a way up. Oh, what if we jump at this angle? Like uh, I spent so much time on that and it, it just really stands the test of time in every way. I mean, you do go back and you're like, Oh wait, Mario's face looked like that. That's weird. Like there's, there's some oddities like that. Uh, but it's, it's a great game. And for me, again, it predated the era where I, uh, had my own game console other than the portables, but I do vividly remember going down to Blockbuster Video and renting an N64 for week a few weekends at a time and just playing through those early levels of Mario 64 over and over and over. And uh, and then, you know, the various remakes since. So uh, that that's my pick. And uh, Jesse, why don't you uh, talk about the DS version? Yeah, so... I mean, absolutely, a hundred percent on board with everything you've said. It is, uh, it was a masterpiece, and uh, it was a bold step in a new direction. It's it's very difficult to modernize gameplay, right? You can always update graphics, you can always update sound effects, but to transition gameplay that goes badly a lot of like let me draw your attention to mortal Kombat, where for a while they tried to instead of having the like two characters one on the left side one on the right they tried to do a 3d arena did not work they eventually went back to the classic style mario 64 was the perfect way to take the sort of platforming exploring adventure of mario into a 3d space and i still remember like it's a core memory. Like the first time I ever saw it, I remember walking into a room and looking at the TV, and it was right when someone had jumped into one of those like shoot you out and travel the map cannons. It was on Bob on Battlefield, and he went out of the cannon and into this huge 3D space where it could go any direction he wanted. Phenomenal! It was it just it was a it was a defining moment. You know what? You're you're just giving me such vivid flashbacks to like I don't know walking into Toys R Us and seeing it in a display case like with the playable demo and just being like absolutely floored. It it really just felt like a complete shift in what games could be, and they did it so well. However, <laughs> however, it was because it was such a prototype because it was the breakthrough. It was still, it was amazing, but there are things that very quickly should like didn't quite work. And I mean, I'll call out immediately the camera in Mario 64, which was controlled with the four C buttons, where essentially you're like the camera's directly behind Mario, but you could left or right on the C and get into like six set positions around him. Like sort of a camera hexagon. Like, Look, you it's, forget it's how not, much it's not Lakitu's fault. He didn't study at Ryerson. Not everyone can. <laughs> <laughs> not Ryerson anymore. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. for another time. Yeah, uh, I've just there are things like Mario sixty four was great, but it was the first of its time. It was ahead of its time, and there were a few uncrossed T's. You know, a few undotted eyes. In 2004, they re-released the game on Nintendo DS. And frankly, for the best experience, you needed to wait even a bit longer because you needed to get a 3DS to get the analog pad. 
Uh, they re-released Mario 64 as Mario 64 DS, and they did all the stuff you'd expect. The textures, uh, the graphics in general, are way better. It loads faster. It plays better. But just they at this point, we've had 3D games for a while, and it's so much more comfortable to play this game. In the, I mean, it, also it's cool that it's portable, but just you forget how much of Mario 64 you spend stopping adjusting the camera like zooming into first person and getting like see like can you make that jump and then coming back out all those problems got resolved in that later release mm. so this but is you're where you're trading it off for this weird little plastic nub that you strap around your thumb and use on a touchscreen <laughs> yeah i edited yeah but that's why i'm saying for the best experience you have to wait for the 3ds because that one had an analog pad on it so you could play it like you were holding a controller um, and by the way, I mean, I thought the N64 controller was great as well, like revolutionary, having that eight-way stick in there. But looking back on it, man, that thing was uh, like was that's hard to use now. Yeah, you cannot go back. That stick was a nightmare. <laughs> and Maybe a lot of just, blisters, especially Mario Party. Yeah, yes. and the, just the shape of the thing, just like, and when it, it got loose and it like didn't work properly anymore. Yeah, and you were boned, <laughs> and it was just. Like that controller, I think, is a, exactly what Mario sixty four was. It was huge. It was revolutionary, but it was unpolished. Then they came out later and released the polished version. So this is where we get into: Do we accept the remasters and the remakes and the later versions? Because it's it's mostly the same game. I mean, they do add content, they add new characters, they add mini games, but they also tune it up so that it's less of a beater. You know. I believe they changed the character designs too and made Mario look more like the later day Marios. Oh yeah. I mean Mario and Mario 64 looks like a collection of triangles. Like you can make it out. It's the right colors, but that was a long time ago. 1996. Like you, just, was... you just need to go to the start screen and grab his face and stretch it out till it looks like the Mario <laughs> you remember. Yeah, that... you know the the start screen, you can't not mention the start screen like that that start screen was iconic. Yes. Yeah. And a fantastic way to demo their new 3D technology, <sighs> where they had this 3D Mario head that you could misshape by like grabbing parts like the nose or the ears and dragging them out and making them look silly. But the whole time you were actively playing with this live 3D model, like which was so far beyond what anyone had done before. Yeah. So the thing I'll also say is like I also played the DS version a lot. Again, as someone who was a primarily a portable Nintendo player for a long time. Uh, I really enjoyed the DS version, but you know, it, and you know, it did polish some things and improve some things in some ways. But I, when I think Mario 64, I don't think of the DS version. It just doesn't seem like the canonical definitive version. It just to me is a, a, a variant and uh, a, a good one, uh, not to dive into Loki territory, but <laughs> it's uh, I to me, it's not one of the core games, but I think it's a completely valid way to play one of the core games, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can I can see that. And I can see how if we're saying purely core games, you you would disallow it just based on the fact that it's just a touch up. And in that case, you know, if I if we had to make a decision, I would be happy to default the decision to just classic Super Mario 64, because that core experience you know, the first time you dived in the water and uh, dived docks and saw the eel and the sunken ship. And, right. 
like the, the first time you went up like, like those endless stairs and finally had enough stars to get to the Bowser thing at the end. Like all those experiences are still there. Do you think if you're not allowed to use the DS version, would it knock it down a few pegs? No, I'd still keep it at number three. Okay. All right. Well, Jess, we're going to go back to you already for your number two. Yeah, yeah. My number three, Charles is number two. That's pretty close. I think we can agree on that. My number two, uh, also a 3D Mario game, but on the opposite end of the scale. My number two is Super Mario Odyssey. That's the most recent one, right? Yeah, and I'm guessing that doesn't appear on your list, Charles? Well, you guessed wrong, because it's my number one. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's... Okay, this time we'll let Jesse go first. What uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Odyssey? Oh, God. Odyssey Odyssey is only at number two because there's another game I enjoyed more. Super Mario Odyssey, I think, is the most advanced Mario game. And by advanced, I mean like they have learned so many lessons and developed so much stuff and implemented so many cool ideas. It um it is it's a 3D environment in Mario game like Super Mario 64, but I mean the graphics are no longer triangles. They are outstanding. It has this gorgeous, bright, colorful art style throughout the entire game. It's like it's a shame that the Switch hardware sort of limits the like the actual number of pixels on the screen, because otherwise it would look like a Pixar movie. Like that's the, that's like the style of it, the perfection of it. The mechanics in this game. I mean, Mario controls a lot like he did a lot like he did in Mario 64. Just like if you remember the triple jump or the long jump or all those moves you remember from 1996, they're still there. It still feels familiar, but the gimmick of this game is that God, it sounds weird when you (laughs) summarize it up really shortly. Basically, your hat is alive. It's possessed. And you can use it to possess other things in the world. So, like those Goombas we were talking about earlier. You can toss the hat, and now you're basically playing as the Goomba. And the Goombas have this unique ability where they can jump on each other and form these big towers. And that lets you get to heights you haven't reached before. Or you toss it at one of the bullet bills. And now basically you can fly in a ballistic trajectory or the like the Mario classic where there's a pool of lava and a fireball jumping out of it that's trying to hit you when you jump across. Now you possess the fireball and now you can safely cross the lava, but you can only travel by doing that fireball bounce. So you have to be really careful and sort of time here. So they've found ways to deliver all these cool new ways to play the game. And yet they're all immediately familiar because these are all Mario characters that we've known about for 30 years. It's it's just, it means that there's always something new and interesting to do, and it's brilliant. Other little points, it's the best example yet, I think, of how to use the gimmicky motion controls. I have not been a huge fan of Nintendo's motion controls most of the time, but these are the ones that kind of work the best. There's a good balance between just pressing the buttons or flicking the Switch Joy-Cons to send the hat out. Works better than it did on the Wii U and a lot better than it did on the Wii. Uh I could just keep gushing about this game forever. Again, the only reason it's not my number one is there's one that I enjoyed more. But this is probably the most sophisticated, impressive Mario experience to date. And I still haven't cleared it. There is so much to do in this game. 
that like but when you defeat the you know the final boss it's it's basically you're like a third of the way through what this game has to offer and things really start to open up it's astonishing there's just so much game you could do this forever it's uh it it deserves to be up there high on the list all right well i don't uh, i haven't bought it yet but you may have just sold a copy uh charles what do you what would why is it your number 1 I mean, all that and more. I mean, to me, not only is is it the objectively best and most advanced Mario game, but it's the one I had the most fun with and just the one that is, is my favorite. And I think also goes to show that we're not, this isn't purely a nostalgia thing. This is, this is a very recent game. It came out in late 2017. Uh, you know, I played it mostly throughout 2017 and 2018. So it's pretty recent and it's, pretty much everything Jesse said and they just perfectly distilled the old uh, familiar Mario tropes and also brought in a lot of new stuff with this whole possession mechanic. They have uh, this perfect blend of nostalgia, uh, little tips of the cap, uh, literally uh, <laughs> to the old games where you can, uh, you know, unlock all these different outfits in the wardrobe. And there's just, it just brings out this like childlike glee in me to, be playing it and be like, now nah, I'm going to put him in a top hat. Now nah, I'm going to put him in a spacesuit. Like it's, it's, but just... it's also like, now nah, I'm going to put him into the referee suit he wore when he was in punch out, or now nah, I'm going to put him <laughs> in like the, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of callbacks too. Yeah. It's jam packed. And, and really it's uh, the art direction is just phenomenal. Uh, the, the, each of the worlds have such a distinct vibe and look to them. Uh, they got so creative with that stuff. And just the, even the possession mechanic is different with every character you possess and there's new ones in each world. And it just, it never feels like it's repeating itself. I feel like even the storyline is more entertaining than the previous games. And, uh, you know, they have a bonus world at the end. I'm not going to, you know, go into too much detail, but they, you know, basically let you explore the familiar mushroom kingdom with all this, uh, new, new capability, all these new capabilities. And it just feels like such a, perfect nostalgic uh joy to play and i just like i feel like my mouth was just agape with a giant smile the entire time i played it and it has so much depth to it and the controls feel perfect like it's you know it's on the switch you can play it portable or on a big screen like it's oh i i could go on and on and on and on but it's it's just wonderful Special mention to New Donk City, by the way. Yeah. Such a wild and weird idea where one of the the worlds is they drop Mario into like a very like realistic sort of parody New York. Like, so there's, there's super deformed cartoony Mario and then just like a regular looking guy in a suit. (laughs) And you explore this very realistic city, but as this cartoon character and it's just, it's, it's super goofy, but it's, it's definitely a standout. It's a standout part of a game that has a lot of standout moments. Yeah, and, and unlike the uh, the Mario Sunshine world, this has already been brought back into Mario Golf, right? The New Donk City stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. It's like the, the Sunshine didn't quite catch on. Odyssey, it's like it's not just us. Like this game is top of so many charts. There are so many things about it that are so delightful and so memorable. Just like. 
every second there's something new to discover there's something new to accomplish you are constantly picking up new stuff getting new things and finding yeah. new things it's it's almost obscene they even integrated the 8-bit style graphics in a great way uh they um Oh, what was that? They they have like all these uh, like hidden shortcuts you can find that feels like uh, very much an old school Mario thing. Uh, they oh man, there's there's just so much that's so great about this game. It makes it hard to discuss on a podcast because they're like I really can't come up with anything that I don't like about it. Like a contrasting point. Like it sounds like we're just trying to sell it. And in my case, it's not my number one, but it's <laughs> the last is very good. The last way in which I'll try to sell it is I feel like as much as the two of us are now glowing and raving about it, I feel like Odyssey was a little underrated and it was overshadowed by uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which really came out on the Switch as like, oh, wow, this is the open world game that Nintendo hasn't done before on their new system. But to me, like I love Breath of the Wild, but to me, Odyssey is a superior game and in, in its own way, kind of an open world game and really just did new things and i feel like didn't get the recognition that it deserves it's i don't know if i'd sign up with calling it better than breath of the wild but you're right it was overshadowed breath of the wild was another one of those seminal moments all right all right we'll do gaming but that's another podcast yeah (laughs) i gotta hear what jesse's number one is that didn't even make charles's list i'm on the edge of my seat yeah okay So this might be a personal thing, but let me get it all out there and hear me out. Number one on my list, the best Super Mario game of all time, I think, I'm calling it Super Mario 3D World. And a lot of people are already going, wait, which one was 3D World? (laughs) Totally not its fault. Super Mario 3D World came out in 2013 on the Wii U. Nintendo's worst-selling console in a long time. (laughs) Everyone remembers the Wii. That was a big deal. And then shortly after they released the Wii U, and nobody even really knew what it was. Like, a lot of people thought, was it just like a peripheral for the Wii? Like, it was very poorly marketed and very poorly implemented. It, It was a prototype Switch, essentially. But they released this Mario game for it, and I think this is the best Mario game. Super Mario 3D World, it it took its ideas from Super Mario 3D Land, which is one of their mobile games, where what they do is sort of a 2.5D thing. Games like Super Mario Odyssey and Mario 64 are these big open 3D experiences, and they're phenomenal, and they're great. We just spent forever just... Okay, I can't think of a polite word for it, but being very <laughs> generous to Mario Odyssey. <laughs> But, 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 there is something in the core gameplay of Super Mario that, yes, in 3D, it evolves and it changes, but there's something more comfortable to me about the traditional. And I think 3D World does a really great job of maintaining the old style sort of side-scrolling platform and just opening it up a little. And one of the major advantages of having it open up a little is that it has permanent, full-featured, all-the-time cooperative play. So you can play Super Mario Odyssey two-player mode in that, like, one guy controls the hat, 
you know, while someone's playing Mario. It's sort of like how in Galaxy you could, you know, player two would control the, the little sprite and you could collect coins. No, in Super Mario 3D World, up to four players could be on the screen at the same time, interacting, in a way competing if they wanted to, to get through these really complex Mario levels. It has... All the benefits of the stuff we talked about about the greatest Mario games, like charming art style, it's really fun, immersive world, lots of different activities to do, lots of different challenges and interesting things to play. But it has that more classic gameplay, and I can do it with friends and family. My wife and I did Super Mario 3D World cover to cover, and it's just sometimes it was like just fun and exciting and laughing, and sometimes it was, you know, leaning forward on the couch, get serious. Okay, you go up that path, get the power up, pass it on to me. I'll hit that, hit that at me, flip the switch, platform will come up, you jump there, let's do it, break, let's go. <laughs> like just that intense, cooperative, let's do it. I'm drowning in my own enthusiasm. <laughs> That, I think, is missing from Odyssey, is the being able to play with friends. And so many of the Mario side titles, you know, your Smash Brothers, your Mario Kart, your Mario Tennis, whatever, that allow you to do the friends play, that's the one thing that Odyssey didn't do very well. And I get it. It's not that kind of game, and it doesn't have to be. But that's a knock against it in my book, because that experience is my favorite Mario experience. You know, that's a totally valid point. And uh, yeah, this is a, definitely an interesting topic. And really, like, to me, um, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, not really being, oh, I wouldn't consider myself a Mario expert. Uh, fan, yes. Expert, no. And one of those reasons is there are some kind of odd gaps in my Mario history. And there are a few titles that I just haven't really played. And this is unfortunately one of them. Um, I actually, I did play through Mario 3D Land on the DS, uh, 3DS, all the way through. And I really did enjoy that blend of the the 2D style levels with the 3D uh, mechanics. Um, I did like that. And I actually uh, was one of the uh, dozens of people who had a Wii U. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and I <laughs> dozens of us I, all over the world. I bought this game, but I think it was at a point in time where my Wii U was starting to collect dust, and I just never really got to give it a chance. I think I just played a few levels, and uh, you know, one of the and maybe this is a, a good segue too into another topic is uh, you know Nintendo, uh, God bless them, they keep reselling us the same things and having us super amped up about spending money on something we've already bought two or three times before. So. Uh, the the Nintendo Switch seems to have ended up as a great home for sort of uh, tweaked versions of some of those lost Wii U titles, and uh, I I have not had the time to uh, purchase and play uh, the new uh, port of it on the Switch, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and even more so now after hearing you rave about it. Yeah, yeah, the Switch is definitely home for a lot of Wii U games that no one ever played. Um, but yeah, so Super Mario 3D World did get re-released on the Switch, and it's got a little side game attached to it called Bowser's Fury. It uh, it does not have a lot of new content, so I have not repurchased it, because again, we did it to death. But if you want to try it nowadays, that's the place to do it for sure. Still a phenomenal game. I, I Frankly, I could see myself buying it again someday, just so I don't have to plug in a Wii U if I want to play it. Um, 
would be nice if Nintendo games went on sale every once in a while. That, right? that would help that decision. But that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, it's if, like, uh, absolutely. I recommend trying it. And Charles, if you're going to play it, I don't know if, if your wife is into it or if once a little Mario Luigi Joseph <laughs> grows up old enough to play it with you. But playing it with people huge difference it is such a fun experience it's some of the best mario time you will ever have so i totally get that yeah you have odyssey at number one i almost have it at number one but i'm just telling you this this joyful multiplayer experience it's a cut above the rest yeah and you know what i mean it sounds like it would be a great fit for some future date nights so i'm I'm probably gonna end up buying it i mean i might even just go out and buy it tonight it's sounding really tempting <laughs> but uh <laughs> nice. you know the, 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 geek top five does not collect commission from <laughs> nintendo but <laughs> nintendo they're one of these companies they just i just have this intense brand loyalty to them uh even when i was stuck in uh, customer support hell trying to get them to uh, reverse the four SNES switch controllers they accidentally sent to me uh, and charged on my credit card, even, uh, you know, spending hours on hold with them and like pulling my hair out over just your typical uh, customer support annoyances. I was still like, I think I was like wearing a Yoshi shirt and, and my wife, (laughs) Emily was like, why are you wearing that? Aren't you annoyed them right now? I'm like, yeah, but I can't stay mad at them. (laughs) Not Yoshi's fault. (laughs) If anyone has earned it, it's been Nintendo. You know what? They are – the stark differences between what they're doing and everyone else is doing. Nintendo still releases video games that are complete at launch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, how, uh... rare, how rare is that? Ugh. You know, they – I think – Yeah. That is a deep dive in the works. <laughs> <laughs> that is a source of huge annoyance for me. Aren't they – they're also one of the developers who still uh... – you know, puts a priority on like their employees' lives and work-life balance. And I, I think I may be misattributing this, but I'm pretty sure they put out some statement uh, last year during the, the real height of the pandemics talking about how they had to delay one of their games and, you know, they would just give it the time it needed and they weren't going to push their people too hard and something like that. Like, I think they, they just like are in a different world. And also incredibly apologetic CEOs, which I, I'm told is as much a, like a Japanese thing as it is just a Nintendo thing. But like, if a video game is going to be delayed, the head of the company releases a video where he tearfully apologizes and bows and announces that he's taking a salary cut. Like they're, They take this stuff seriously, but if you buy a game from Nintendo, you know it's going to work. You know it's going to be fun. You know you're going to have a good time. You know you're going to get your money's worth, which is <laughs> kind of unfortunate because that's why Nintendo games never go on sale. But it's like Nintendo knows what they're doing, and the king of Nintendo is Super Mario. They're still making like this IP that they've had for 30 years, 30, 37 years. They, they're still doing great stuff with it, and it's not just... The same old, you know, Sonic runs across the the map and gets an emerald at the end. They're doing new and interesting stuff that still feels like the Mario that you know and love. It's yeah, and they're, they're diamond in the rough out there. I was just going to say, and as much as they may milk the franchise with some of the side games and the frequent sequels to the side games, the core games, like they take their time making sure that it's it's you know what they want to release. I mean, like. 
Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is is one of the best video games oh. I've ever played. There's a lot of Mario Karts, but like that thing is solid. I, again, podcast for another time, but hot damn. That would have made my list if we were including all Mario games. It would have it would have cracked my top five for sure. For sure. We might have to do a, a separate one, a Mario side games. You know, see how like if Hoops 3 on 3 gets on there. <laughs> All right. Well, Charles, I think, uh, you know, we had some early contention, but I think we both ended up in the same place. So I certainly feel validated. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all that. That was a blast. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, I feel like we've ended up uh, under the castle with fireworks over our head <laughs> and we're all happy. Nice. Nice. Well, we're, uh, well, we're giving out thanks. I uh, also want to give out thanks to Oliver Wickham, the guy behind our theme song. Uh, please check him out. He's on Spotify. He's an independent music producer. Uh, he has lots of really cool stuff up there. Definitely worth your time. And, of course, uh, would be remiss not to thank you, our listeners. It uh, We dip in and out of the video games thing, and we definitely get some strong replies. It's Video games are a fun thing to geek out about, so we're, we're hoping we're giving you the content you're requesting. But if you had any questions, comments, concerns or really strong opinions on why Mario Picross should have been on that list. Um, we'd love to hear about him and maybe even get you on the show. Graham, if they wanted to reach out to us, how could they, uh, how can they do that? Please email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geektop5. Uh, we are also on Twitter at geektop5. You can also leave us a comment on our website, geektop5.com. And please remember to rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Those reviews, by the way, hugely important to us. They're a great metric for figuring out where we're being listened to and by who and how. So you want to have an impact on the show. Just taking those 60 seconds out of your day would make a huge difference to us. Thank you in advance. We super appreciate it. Well, the uh, dueling lists of the top five, I think we sort of ended up with six or seven really great recommendations for Super Mario games. Uh, Easily, readily available on modern Nintendo products, a lot of them on the Switch. Plenty of stuff there to keep you busy until we get a chance to do this again. Until then, I'm Jesse. I'm Graham. And this has been Geek Top 5. We'll talk to you again next week. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder why those levels weren't showing up before, because I've been saying stuff. But here it is. Here are all my levels. Hello, hello. I have to say, though, Graham, would you say that your levels were lost? Uh, uh, We we haven't officially started yet. That was a good joke. (laughs) You're burning it all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can redo it.